Hello and welcome to Audio Biography, the podcast where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours. I'm your host, Richie, and with me as always, Clint. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. How much? So, uh, things good up there? Uh, it was hotter than the surface of the sun today. Really? Yeah, yeah, things are good. It was warmer today than it has been here, too. It's supposed to be like almost 90 again tomorrow. Yeah. Last yeah. days of summer, man. Yeah. So you came up this weekend, this past weekend. We were going I to did. like actually record live and in person for once, and it just didn't work out. We Broke won't say heart, why. Man. We won't say why, but there was a <laughs> slight emergency. <laughs> Slight. Yeah, it kind of broke my heart too. That was, that was uh, going to be a, a fun Sunday afternoon, but well, eh, it was still well. fun Saturday night. Yeah, man, that was cool. It was, it was, it was cool. You ran into some old high school buddies, and that was <laughs> interesting. Interesting is the word, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So everybody, apparently, man, Clint was just like the best dude ever in high school. I think I heard that one million and thirty-seven times. <laughs> I'm glad you were keeping count because I lost track. I really yeah, it might have been one million thirty-eight, but I'm thinking it was thirty-seven. <laughs> All right, let's just go with that. They, they said it a lot. Of course, they were drunk, but um, yeah, they they had showed up with some. Uh, I, we'll just say a little loaded. Yeah, <laughs> happiness is a warm beer belly. <laughs> <laughs> bang bang shoot shoot yes throwback to the previous episode so, like probably shot 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 uh, <laughs> i think that's it bang bang shot shot yes <laughs> oh my goodness oh man was fun though yeah. Um, before we get too far into everything today, um, if you're listening, I'm, I'm going to do this part early because we may lose you later. I hope not. But give us a shout on the Facebook page. It's just do a search for audio biography if that's not how you get to the podcast. And just kind of like let us know how you're doing. Just check in. Like, you know, times are hard right now and we're all still kind of stuck in our houses and some of us are stuck in our houses with young children we have to do remote learning with and Oh. Yeah, you know about that. Oh. So sorry. And there's just, you know, so it's just it's it's still such a weird time and uh you know, so much of this Beatles series has been during this weird time and I was just thinking, you know, I check in with my friends and my family all the time. I thought we'd check in with our listeners. So, yeah, go and I don't care what post you reply to. We'll get a notification and check in with us. Let us know how you're doing. Um, I'm just kind of curious and just want to, you know, I just hope everybody's good. So thought I'd get that out there. I know um, Clint and I are both still mostly homebound and working from home and I know your your kids are in remote learning right now and I've I've got a high schooler in remote learning and I don't know it's just it's still a weird time and it's there's still like some days are good and some days are just god awful and yeah I thought yeah. It, you know check in with us let us know you're good let us know you're okay uh, let us know you're listening let us know if you like what's going on here and uh you know if if there's anything you'd ever want us to talk about I'm sure we would give it a would give it a shot, even if it's not something we listen to, because we'd yeah. go listen to it and then give it a shot. So I just wanted to get that out out front. But we're here for part two of our The Beatles record, which it is called The Beatles, but better known as The White Album. We're on part two. We're on the second uh, 
the second disc, as it were. We've got sides three and four to go. Um, before we got started on that, something we kind of did a little bit last time, and I'm going to try my best when we do a Beatles episode to remember to do this, is This Day in Beatles History. Going all the way back to 1960, they were live at the Indra Club in Hamburg. So they were doing their uh, Hamburg residency and learning their chops and hadn't even really started to learn to write songs yet. But uh, Learning 60- to play together. Yeah, yeah, getting there, what is it, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 10, hours. 61, they were live at the Aintree Institute in Liverpool. Uh, I'm not going to click the link because it'll mess everything up. I don't remember. <laughs> I know I've read so many of the books. I don't remember what that is, but that's where they were playing today in 1961. Uh, today being September the 10th. Uh, 62, they were live at the Cavern Club, which is probably their most famous early, other than Hamburg, you know, they're, that's, that's, that was their, that was their deal, man. And in Liverpool, Mm -hmm. when they were first, uh, first getting things started, then we skip all the way to 68, which is where we are right now, but I'm not going to tell that one yet because it happens to be one of our songs today that we're going to be covering. So we'll skip up to 71. John Lennon releases Imagine. Yes. Pretty, pretty big deal. 2009, they released the mono and stereo remasters of all the records. And 2014 was a worldwide release of the remastered mono vinyl collection. 2014, the Art of Paul McCartney tribute album is announced. And I don't think I've ever heard that album. Have you? I, no, no, that doesn't ring a bell. Um, I've heard of this, but I've never listened to it. So maybe something to check out. 2016 album release of Live at the Hollywood Bowl. Of which I have I, that on vinyl. I do too. Nice blue, blue jacket. And in 2018, Ringo was live at Century Center, South Bend, Indiana. I guess that was with the All-Star Band. So that was uh, the day in Beatles history. So I don't know, some pretty cool stuff there. 60, 61, 62 just shows how much they were playing live. Like they were always playing live. And the 68 uh, today in Beatles history is super cool. Can't wait to get to that. We covered through uh, back in the USSR all the way to Julia last time. If you you didn't get that one, uh, check it out. It was a lot of fun. Um, We had some good laughs got some good stories out but today we're starting with side three and first song is birthday every time i hear this song this is this song makes me think of like how ima sings (laughs) ima being one of our good friends who will be on the podcast at some point but it's that yelling screaming kind of deal right yeah, he's, he's had one too many. One, one too many. <laughs> bang, bang, shot, shot. Over, yeah, over exuberant. I love this song because it has so much energy. My wife hates it. I love it. I love the song too. And as a Beatles fan, please tell me you have the same exact experience as me as a Beatles fan when it's actually your birthday. At least three yes. to five people uh sing this to me or try to (laughs) yeah well they know like yeah people know that i want to hear that song and you know i've got a friend of mine who has a birthday like two days before mine 
and I usually play it for her. I work with her. There you go. I was with her in the office, I would just, you know, always got it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> sit on top for cue ball and walk away. I love it. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts other than than you like it? It's a it's a good opening side kind of jam. So it is a jam. That is a totally improvised song. Right. From what I read, uh, they just come to the studio, had nothing prepared. Paul gets there early as usual. Uh, you know, Paul is the straight A student who gets there before class starts and the rest <laughs> yeah. of them are, you know, could give a shit less. Right. It seems like at that point. And, but I think they were in a good mood that day. They just start, you know, Paul comes up with something. They just take it and run with it and then they jam with it. And this is the song that we get. And it's great. It's, it's a happy song. It's a great song to start side three off with it's a good rocking number it's got a lot of energy i i don't know what's not to love this yeah this this uh this particular disc these you know sides three and four a, a lot of rocking stuff right more so than the other the other two the first yeah. two sides we'll talk about that more as we go i think uh yoko sings some backup on this one i mean she was to john's hip so why not yoko yeah Just i'm thinking right they turned, yeah i'm thinking they turned her microphone down because i can't really hear her thank god because you know just like some some screaming some some crazy we had uh, enough crazy on this album yeah yeah i mean there's not a ton to say about it uh like i said my biggest personal connection to it is the fact that as a beatles fan and people knowing it and ha if they happen to know this song i've got oh cool this is a cool story i think i've i think i've talked about my second grade teacher before that actually yes. was instrumental in you know getting me into the beatles as a kid yeah, every time it's my birthday, she always sends me a Facebook Messenger message to like a YouTube version of the song or something like that. And it's all it's always so sweet. And so she's 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 always she's always uh, sending me Beatles stuff and it's just cool that when my birthday pops up cuz Facebook tells everybody that she sends that along to me. But yeah, it's it's a cool song, man. It's rocking, it's fun, it's 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 just a jam. And it it um it leads into a song that I don't care for so much. So I'm gonna let you introduce the next song and, oh, and well, start start this that is your one. Opinion, man. <laughs> the next song is your blues. I don't care what crap Rich tries to feed you right now. I think it's a decent song. It's not their best. Listen, it's not their best song. Yeah, it's, it's raw. It's it's not the best played, but what I okay. So what I found out about this song is how they recorded it. All right, so there's a little like essentially a broom closet uh, close to. I mean, it's not a broom closet, but it's just a very small room that they all could cram into. I mean, they could get all their instruments into. They could barely fit Ringo's drum set in there, and the rest of them could cram in there. And I don't even think John had the space to play his guitar. Maybe he did. But they recorded it in this tiny, cramped room. So I think that kind of gives some of its feel to it. Yeah, it's not my favorite song in the album, but I think it's 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 raw. It's kind of emotional. I kind of like I kind of like the guitar riff. Hey, that's what I think about. Now, Rich, tell me why don't you like this? Song? So here here are here are my thoughts. I don't think that it's um, it's worthy of a Beatles album because it's so 
derivative. It's so like, there's nothing, there's so much creative stuff going on on this album. And then you throw in this pretty much a standard blues song. Now I know there's a little bit of stuff in there. That's not really standard. And maybe it is kind of Beatles, but it's just overall, I just don't think it's worthy of being on a Beatles album by this time. Maybe something like this on an early album when they were doing lots of covers and Hey, just go ahead and do an actual standard, but they're not doing covers now. So they had to come up with their own blues song. So I don't know. I always hate it when I have to like poo poo on a Beatles song, but this is definitely just one of those for me. What? Uh, it's a skipper for me. Okay. Unless I'm unless I'm playing it on vinyl, it, I, I don't skip on vinyl. I just I tough this one out. Man, you're such a such a man, uh, you know, hustling out there, running through that sprained ankle. Hey, yeah. look, all right, that's fair. I mean, there's 30 songs on the album. Okay, yeah. so somebody's got to be the least favorite. Um, and and there's other uh, uh, quote unquote tracks on the album that I I don't I I like less than this song. Uh, but yeah, it's not my, it's not my favorite song. Um, but there's some, some things I like about it. I don't really skip this song. Um, I, I guess that's the, me. I guess the one thing that I will say about it is since they were having problems at this point, starting to really have their problems, I guess it is kind of neat that this is one of the songs on here where they actually all did cram into a little annex room together and, and kind of bang it out. Yeah, it's one of the few songs that this actually, so, actually happened. Yeah. All right. That's a positive that I'll take out of it. All right. I think we've got we squeezed all we can out of this one. Let's move I'll, forward. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you I'll I'll give you that much on your blues. So the next song is Mother Nature's Son. Uh, this is a uh, Paul McCartney. This is a Paul McCartney song. He's the only one on the track. A uh, Paul plays, McCartney gem. Plays the guitar, the drums, the percussion. He plays the bass. Um, there are some horns on it. Uh, I don't think he played those, but we don't know who did. It wasn't. An, it wasn't one of the Beatles. What do you think about this song? Uh, I'm I'm anxious to hear because I've always love this song. Always. It, it's I, it's it's like an interesting song. So let me tell you, when I was out on the deck earlier, hmm. just hanging out, listening to this album out there. Um, I had this moment where I'm listening to mother nature's son and I'm sitting around all of our plants and bushes. And, you know, you were here the other day, all the greenery that Sherry has amassed back there. It's nice. Yeah. And for a moment I've, I was feeling kind of like I was mother nature's son. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and and what was so funny was I literally thought that, Dad joked myself and then uh, had a had a chuckle all by myself. <laughs> um, now I think this is this is a really cool song and obviously uh had to be inspired by you know being in Rishikesh and you know hanging out with the Maharishi and, and all that. Uh there's no doubt that that's where where Paul's um inspiration came for this one. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, um, it's it, it's sweet, but it verges on too sweet. But it doesn't quite get there. So that's it's not granny music. Good. We can't call it granny music. No, we got some more of that coming though. Oh, I know. 
But, um, nothing wrong with that for me. I, I know. I, I'm there with but, you, man. But yes. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a, uh, as with most of the songs on this entire collection, it's very short. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of here and gone. Um, I will say this is one of those songs where I've just never really thought like too much as far as like, uh, I'm not running out and telling people, man, you got to hear this song, right? It's just, it's not one of those. But solid. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah, it's a very peaceful song. It's it's one of the. I mean, you you painted a nice word picture there, Rich, just sitting out there in your, oh, yeah, your garden with your plants. Yeah. One. Oh no, that's a that's a total dad joke. Like I said, I dad joked to my own self by even having the thought. You're talking to another dad who <laughs> will dad joke it up with the best of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's not, it's nothing really that special, but I love it. Yeah. It, it, I guess it's just, I, you and I, we just, if Paul could. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, I, it's. Sing anything. I, 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 yeah. To it and I'm I don't know if I ever, I don't know if there are any, I'm sure we could find a, 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 a Paul written and performed song that I don't like. Oh, yeah. Well, when you get into the solo stuff. But there's, there, there are some questionable decisions there. But, yeah, it's, it's a cool song. But the next song, Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except Me and My Monkey, which is John's song. Yeah. This, this song is awesome. This is there's rock and roll. a lot of stuff going on in this song. Yes. yes. And it's rock and roll. I mean, this is – and, you know, that was, that was John. John was it, – it's funny. He – he was probably the most thoughtful at times, but he was always the one that was the most into rock and roll, full blown rock and roll. That was his deal. And you can totally tell in the, like you can totally tell in this song. Yeah. It, it picks up pretty hard and heavy pretty quickly, but it's catchy, but I mean, it's a, it's a fast moving guitar riff and John's John's vocals are very strong in the song. It's just a really good performance and it's just a hilarious lyric. The monkey is probably heroin, right? Maybe he loved heroin. He loved him some heroin. Yeah. I mean, this is after he had gotten started, but you know, there's the line in there. um, The deeper you go, the higher you fly or something like that. Mm -hmm. Isn't that that it? Um, I just love this song because it, it rocks. I mean, it's, it's just, again, it's short. It's, it's, it's here and gone, but it's, I don't know. To me, it's just one of those standout, John Rockers, way better than something like Your Blues. Just to me, that's I, I can't argue with you there. That that that's how I feel about this one. Um, all the Beatles are on this one. They uh, I I don't I don't know if in the studio on this one. I, I really didn't look it up. Um, I don't know if they were in that mode of coming in one at a time and and doing that kind of thing. But um, the song comes together for me. Either way. It seems like I read somewhere once that George Harrison was involved in writing this one too. Maybe. Hmm. I just want to throw that out there. Don't know if that's true. Uh, It's one of those, maybe one of those little known and untrue facts. I don't know, but it it feels like I read that somewhere once. All right. So very well, just to close (laughs) out, I I think you're right. This very well is probably a drug song. (laughs) <laughs> checking some lyrics out yeah yeah your inside I'm, is out and your outside is in that yeah. seems like heroin yeah i'm pretty sure it's like the monkey on your back right 
that was that was one of the ways to describe it back then. I don't know if riding the dragon was was out yet, but <laughs> was in the lexicon, as it were, for this heroin uh, heroin abuse. God, heroin. Ugh. So that's uh, yeah, that's everybody's got something to hide, but me and my monkey. Uh, you wanna you wanna start the next one? I will gladly talk about the next one. One of my favorites on this side of the album is Sexy Sadie, a Lennon masterpiece. I love this song. I had a feeling this is one that you really like. Uh, I do too. I think it, um, yeah, I could, I could go with a masterpiece on that. Again, this is just more of John kind of rocking. It's a cool song. It's not about a girl, right? Uh, yeah, well, you know. Sadie was uh, the Maharishi. I think it was a tribute to the Maharishi. Oh, it's, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I've heard that before. And it was, I think it was one of the last things he wrote over there before they, before he came back. Yeah. I was just, I was steadily trying to find some, um, some quotes. He said, that's about the Maharishi. Yes. I copped out and I couldn't write Maharishi. What have you done? You've made a fool of everyone, but now it can be told fab listeners. So that was uh, John in 1970 to Rolling Stone. Again, this, and I talked about this a little bit in the, 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 the first part, the songs on these last two sides, just it, even as good as they are, it's, not quite up to the first two for me. So there's going to be, there's going to be a running theme here where I'm not like super excited about a lot of this. However, there are still some really good songs in here. Matter of fact, a couple of my, my favorites are coming up. This is just another one of those songs to me that it's a great rock song, but it's just not something. It's not one of the songs that I'm going to go out and tell a non Beatles fan. This is one that you have to hear, even though it's really great. I mean, that's fair. Maybe Masterpiece was coming too strong on it. I, it's just a song I've always liked. Um, even, if it's not, it's the, even if it's not a Masterpiece, it's one of his great just kind of rock and roll kind of songs. Yeah, I, I think. I, I, like, I like the placement of the song and the album. Right. It, it's in a good spot, yes. Uh, this We got a three in a row here that are just, yeah, it's rock and roll, man. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's got something to hide but me and my monkey, Sexy Sadie, which it's not like a really hard rocking song, but it's just a rock riff right. that's kind of slowed down. It's just, it, it, yeah, it's but it's that kind of rock and roll that John loves. Yeah. Or loved. Um, yeah. Always so, did. But then if you want to take, if you want to really talk about rock and roll, let's talk about the next song. Speaking of which, back to today in Beatles history, was the finishing of this song. They started it earlier in the year, but <laughs> they did like th- three takes in the July of 68, and then they did 18 more uh, on this day. So, yeah, it's another one of those Paul songs where he just made them play stuff constantly. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. And I know that, um, you know, there's a lot of stories around this one and how they played it so much. And this song has... Like this is like one of their most um, notorious songs, really, because of Charles Manson and his interpretation of it. Um, but it was about like a, a literal slide, right? Like a like a ride yeah. at a fair, you know. Um, just another one of those Paul things where he takes like some everyday thing, makes a song out of it, and then people want 
want to put more on it than than should be. I was thinking about it today when I was listening to it, and then I'm going to throw it to you. To me, it's a really good metaphor for like, especially right now, like the way things are right now. It's totally what it feels like. You you get to the top and you slide down and you turn around and you go back up. And it's, you know, I don't, I'm, I know that he was not writing this about monotony or whatever. It was, it wasn't that deep, but we get, we get to put stuff on a song, right? So I was yeah. just like, God, this is just, this is what, you know, what a, what, a, what a great descript, description of how life is right now. Yeah. Well, the term, and I don't know where he got the term helter skelter. I don't know if that was already in the lexicon by then. I just don't know. I don't know. I think that was the name of the ride, wasn't it? The helter skelter, the the it was like a okay. I want to say it's a fair carnival thing. So I I I mean I agree with you. He was writing it about a ride, but I, I think okay. I think you're right then. I think that is the name of the ride. So, but I think just saying it out loud, it's one of those. It is an apt description of 2020. <laughs> yeah. Period. I mean. My yep. God, not only is there a pandemic, but if you live in the West Coast, you're, everything around you is on fire. Utah, for Pete's sake, got like, you know, 100 mile an hour winds. And then one day, I have a friend that lives there. One day she said it was 100 degrees. The next day it was 40. Yeah. And well, Denver, they had like almost 100 degrees one day and then snow the next crazy what in the hell maybe charles manson on? was right maybe it is about armageddon <laughs> whatever man just 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 whatever <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't put it i wouldn't you know what nothing surprises me at this time um no it, it's kind of funny i mean think about it especially in these times we're looking for anything for normalcy but it does feel like we just have these uh, we may have an up and our up may not be what we used to think an up would be an up for me would be a normal day where my kids don't just pitch a fit and go crazy on us. And that, that's an up for me. Yeah. And a down is, you know, everything's going wrong. Um, not productive at work while trying to help these kids do remote school. That's just a, you know, that's the kind of life we're going through at the time. So anyway, not nothing about you know current time, but I think it's I think it's really interesting. The lyrics really describe just an up and down, up and down, topsy turvy world. But what's what I what I love about the song, and it's very groundbreaking because it's, think it's about punk the, rock. It is. It, it think about the time it comes out, nineteen sixty eight. What who is really hard rock at that point? Like you would define hard rock during that time as cream. Yeah. Um, the who, the who, the who I would think, but this rocks so much harder than that. Yeah. And I think the who kind of inspired this. Um, they did. I can see for miles inspired this song. Yeah. They, they definitely I because, love that song. Yeah. Because they were, they were definitely already rocking pretty hard all the way through their records. Um, but yeah, there was, um, you know, this, this is kind of where seventies sort of early heavy metal, you know, black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, when, when they weren't doing early derivative blues songs. too. 
<laughs> right. That's what, yeah, that's what the yard birds were doing. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it, it is kind of like prototypical, right? For that early heavy metal sort of thing. And again, it's like, like punk rock. That's just a name that the idea of punk rock has been all through history, really. I mean, mm. you know, at one point early on, hip hop was kind of punk rock. It's, yeah. it's, any, it's anything that bucks the traditions or what's already established. And this definitely musically, the actual music bucked everything else in music. I mean, other than what we mentioned about, say, The Who. But I mean, this is even heavier than The Cream. And really, it kind of outdoes The Who at this point in some ways. Yeah, um, no, I agree. It kind of takes it up to another level. And it's so, what's so odd is this one song out of all these 30 that's so different than all the others. It does stand out from everything else. And Nothing I'll, else is like it. Yeah, I mean, it's probably my favorite. I probably said something else was my favorite in the first episode, but this probably is my favorite. I, I don't think I ever heard the Beatles version of this growing up or even in middle mm. school or high school. The first time I ran into this song was uh, U2's version on Rattle and Hum. Yeah. And then I went and looked in the liner notes and saw Lennon McCartney, and I was like, oh, this is a Beatles song. I was like, I don't need, this is a cover. I think the bullet boys also did a version of this too, which was terrible. <laughs> I think I heard it. I think I heard it maybe after, but it did make me go back and find the Beatles uh, version of this. Um, and I think I called up a friend who had a bunch of records that I didn't have. I was like, Hey man, do you have the Beatles white album? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, I got to hear this song helter skelter. Um, so I got uh, a couple things about this song, or at least one. I may have talked about all the others, but I asked you earlier today to remind me about something in this song. Thank you. Or a I point, a, a point in this song um, that that I had a little bit of an epiphany while I was listening today. So there's like a, there's a couple of faux endings to it. <laughs> It, it kind of feels like it's ending. They keep going and then it completely ends. And then there's like space and then it comes back again. It's that first one. There's this guitar riff that kind of, it's a downward dear, dear, dear. And it sounds so much like the intro to band on the run. I about lost my mind. Oh my God. And I have looked online to see if people have talked about that before. Surely somebody has. I can't be the first person. And it's not exact, but I'll be damned if it's not pretty close. So has anybody else spotted that? I've not found anything, but it's got to be out there somewhere. But it's very similar to me. So maybe I'm wrong. Came out in 73. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. You know what? That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I want to just throw that out there. It's not like they've not done stuff like that before. All of them kind of done a throwback to something previously. But anyway, right. it's it's pretty cool. I have okay, so I want to I want to also tell a story which I think is funny kind of. Well, while Rich is texting me early in the day, he goes, "Remind me, Clint, to talk about the outro on the the first outro." I'm like, "Okay." He goes, "Go back and listen to it. Tell me what you think." 
All right. So right before we start recording, I'm walking my dog and I've, I've, I've got my noise canceling headphones. I'm walking around the neighborhood and God only knows somebody could just run up to me and just take me out because I've got those headphones on. I would never know it. But anyway, <laughs> don't do that, please. Um, but I'm listening so hard for something. And if you're not, if you don't think to listen for a guitar riff, you'll just start to listen to anything. <laughs> and I swear I'm trying, I hear Paul or somebody in the background talking and they're having a conversation and I'm trying so damn hard to hear what they're saying. And it's impossible. It's unintelligible. I'm like, yeah, Rich, I heard him talking. Was that what you were talking about? Uh, and no, it's not. We're going to have to Google that. And I'm glad you didn't get mugged. <laughs> I think the dog would have warned you. He's a good uh, he's dog. He's too busy sniffing. <laughs> um, anyway, I absolutely love, love, love this song. It's not lost on me that on the same... I, wait a minute. Are we still on side... Uh, or is this no we're still on side three side three that on the same side with helter skelter is mother nature's son i think that's awesome or opposites i think that that's really cool paul's eating his granola and next time he's crushing the granola and throwing it against the wall and he's pissed yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) um and inspiring charles manson Yeah, man. Yeah. So there's don't want to talk too much about that, but you know, we did touch on it a second ago, but he did take this and in his whacked out brain found all kinds of coded stuff in it. And let's say he took some liberties with the lyrics a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't about all that. So the next song up. So we go to the top of the slide with Helter Skelter oh, God. and then we slide down and we get to the bottom of the slide with Long, long, long. I don't really care. Yes, I really don't care for this song at all. So, okay. (laughs) All right. So I've had, um, before I bought the 2018 Giles Martin remix, which I'm telling you people, if if you love the Beatles and you haven't listened to any of these remixes, if you don't believe me, that was the first remix I bought and I and I have it on vinyl, and I, I first bought it on iTunes, but now I have vinyl. I, and now, you know, listening to it on vinyl is, is much better, in my opinion. Before that, I, for some reason, I ripped it down from my CD I had. I had I bought a CD back in the late 90s of the White Album, and I ripped it down to iTunes long-ass time ago and put it on my phone. But somehow this song was missing. So it would go on my phone from Helter Skelter to not this song, but Revolution One. And then I almost just forgot about this song. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say this about this song. It's it's a good in-between for Helter Skelter and Revolution One, I think. Yeah. And I know this is one of those George God songs and, you know, his spirituality and all that, but it's such a snoozer to me. It well, just I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing um, I really like about the song. Yeah, it, it starts out, and you think you've taken uh, maybe one too many melatonins, but then all of a sudden, it's like somebody woke up Ringo, and he just comes in with an awesome drum fill, and it just it's louder than hell, but it fits the song 
perfectly. And it's loud. Yeah, it does. I agree. But, it's a good point. And it's louder than hell because the rest I of the know, song is so Here's, here's the disappointment of this song. Okay. This is one of the weaker songs in the album because it's like one of those tracks that is not finished. It's not a finished track. It's not a finished song. Like, like the first half, if he, if he did another verse with, with Ringo coming back in with some more power again, they could really take it somewhere. But then it just kind of tails off into a strange ass ending where uh, there's some moaning in the, in the, at the end of the song and somebody playing, just rattling a tambourine and some other thing that they're rattling in the background. It's like, they just ran out of ideas. And George is like, ask her, let's just end the song. Uh, that's what it, it sounds like to me. That's no, that's a fair assessment. It, it does kind of feel like it's sort of unfinished. And maybe that's because it was a very personal song, I guess, because it's, you know, his spiritual journey, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I, I can go with unfinished. I do love the Ringo feel. That was another very mm-hmm. good point. Thank you for reminding me about that. I, I, but it, it's funny that you talk about how loud it is, and it's just because the rest of it's just so quiet. <laughs> it's 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 church mouse chomp Paul Jones quiet, and then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. And thank you to Phil Collins for that reference. Yeah, in his book, <laughs> and maybe that's why I appreciate the the Ringo Phil. I'm listening to Phil Collins' book, and he um, holds Ringo in very high esteem. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, you know. As we do. So Revolution 1, you already alluded to, and we talked about last episode, we were going over the 1968 singles, and this is like an alternate version of what was released on um, 45. A little slower, a little more acoustic, a little more, I don't know, jam bandy. It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. I, I mean, I like it okay. The other version's definitely the best one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I the agree. Most the one that most people know. We don't have to cover this one much. We kind of covered it last time, but uh, you know, again, it's um, it's just it's a song of its time. A lot of upheaval. I mean, it wasn't twenty twenty, but no. <laughs> man, we desperately sometimes like, yeah. Beatles. Yeah, sometimes I wonder how you know. I know we're all prisoners of the moment, like the the upheaval of the late sixties compared to what we've got going on right now. I guess when you're living through it, it's it's as bad as it's ever been, right? That's the way we always treat mm. things. Like things are so bad, uh, you know. Well, for who and for when and and that kind of thing. But um, you know, I appreciate um, all all of these types of songs from the late '60s probably more now than I ever have because our last really 20 years have been just upheaval stacked on upheaval every yeah. year. To, to, we're at a crescendo now and you know i'm just wondering when that's ever going to die down but it makes me appreciate you know songs like this um you know i don't there's so many different stories on this song about how seriously like it was about what was going on as opposed to you know with some of it just john just you know kind of you know pissing off on everything uh, you know i i I like this version just fine, but the other version's the absolute classic. Just one of the, you know, one of the songs that you, um, you, you always have to nod to just in the whole pantheon of rock music and the Beatles. And so this is, you know, 
This is like a brother or a sister to it. This is the, um, I, I guess, um, for your Wilco fans out there, um, on being there, they record outside, out of mind. And then on the, yeah, I think that's the, on, on disc one and disc two, it's out of mind, out of sight, which is an acoustic version of the song. So I think Wilco is definitely influenced by Revolution. I haven't heard that version. I'll have to check that out. Oh I'm, man, I'm, yeah. I'm not as versed on Wilco as you and Ernie are, so I know yeah. a little enough to be dangerous, I guess. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I think you said enough about the song. I mean, it's it's great. I I I, I like you prefer the the more electric version, and it's more well known to most listeners. So the uh, the next song on, on first episode we had. Wild honey pie. Now we just have plain old honey pie. Hmm. Uh, honey yeah. pie. Another, <laughs> another, I love you. Honey pie. Uh, another Paul song here. Um, this one is, this was, this, this is some granny music, right? This is definitely m- music your grandmother would love. Yeah, you know, it's uh, kind of vaudeville with the pianos and the do 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 you know. However, I have a great appreciation for that kind of music because of Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. and I really do like this song. Yes, I, I like it. It's not my favorite, but I, I I don't mind it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. It. Uh, yeah. Again, it's um, it's 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 John, John's granny music. You know, this is what he cut cut, cut on Paul quite a bit over the years about especially you know after the the band broke up and he really laid in hard on it because to this day john's not quit or uh, sorry paul has not quit you know this sort of throwback kind of thing i mean this song's got clarinets in it for god's sake well so did when i'm 64 <laughs> yeah you know, yeah so, but you know what y'all could let's let's appreciate something though and i think you've alluded to this What's sweet about this song is I think it, it Paul is paying tribute to his dad. Yes. These songs. It's the music John and, refers to, but yes. And he's, you know, he's, he's fairly earnest about it, but I think he also knows it's kind of a pastiche, right? He knows this, you know, I don't think that, um, I don't think that he's putting out songs like this and, and completely taking them serious. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um uh, yeah, I, I don't again, I wouldn't say, hey, listen to this Beatles song. Exactly. To a new listener, but um it's it's uh certainly something that with all the other stuff that you've heard on uh side three. Now this is side four now, right? This is the second song yes. on side four. Correct. But what you've heard before this is pretty unique. There's, I, I think this is the most Paul Granny-ish song on the album. This song makes me want to get a ukulele and learn how to play it on ukulele and sing it. Because I think this would be a great ukulele <laughs> song. sitting in your garden? Yes. Sitting around all of my greenery. <laughs> Singing honey pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's all right. All right, I'm going to let you introduce the next song because I really want to hear what you have to say about it first. 
The next song is a George Harrison song. It's called Savoy, Savoy Truffle. Yep. So here's my take. The music in the song is incredible. I love the, uh, the song he wrote. I'm not talking about the lyrics. I'm talking about the music. Yeah. It is a, it's, it's, it's got horns that are, that really hit me hard in, in, in the chest area. I love it. It gets me. It gets, it's it's just it's it's got a real jazzy sound to it, but it's got a real rocking sound at the same time. The lyrics, um, I think he's just like you know. I'm just going to sing any old thing with these lyrics. I don't really know what the hell they mean, Rich. Well, so I can help you. Um, I looked this up the other day. So it was inspired by Eric Clapton, who loves chocolate. You know, of course, a trifle. <laughs> Here's George's actual quote. I don't have notes, but I do. I, I did pull out a lot of as many quotes as good ones as I could find. This one, uh, Savoy Truffle on the White Album was written for Eric. He's got this real sweet tooth and he just had his mouth worked on. His dentist said he was uh, through with candy. So as a tribute, I wrote, you'll have to have them all pulled out after the Savoy Truffle. The truffle is some kind of sweet, just like all the rest. Cream, tangerine, ginger sling, just candy to tease Eric. So Mm. there you go. So this is, so, so George is just like the rest of us dudes. When we are good friends with somebody and, and we're just giving each other hell. This is what George is doing to Eric Clapton. Yeah. And this song references Obla D, Obla Da. It does. I, you're right yeah but do you agree with me on the music oh yeah so good see i i I like this side of george i'm just honestly usually when it's something seeking or um finding god or whatever that he writes those are usually down towards the bottom but then Mm. you have something like this or you have something like something um something something uh like that song or uh, here comes the sun or something like that. I like the, that side of George, although those other songs kind of have to do with the whole George stuff. That's just what we'll call it. George stuff, but it's George stuff like Ernie it's, stuff, but, but it's, stuff. it's, it's cool to know that he wrote this song and was having fun with it. You know, why so serious, George? He's like, okay, fine. Here you go. Here's a song about Eric Clapton liking chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy those chocolates, Eric. Yeah, but I do. I do agree. the the um, Yeah, the, the 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 music to this song is just fantastic. <laughs> I don't think it gets talked about enough. I, I and I, you know, there's probably a period of time. There was a period of time where I under just underappreciated this song, but uh, it, it just like just like so many times when we're getting ready to do this podcast, listening to the album beforehand it jumps off. It just jumps out to me. It's like, wow, this is really well-written music. And mm-hmm. yeah, he could just be saying random words and I don't care. It'd be catchy. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Definitely. I definitely like this song better than prop maybe half the ones we've talked about tonight. That's fair. That's fair. So next song is cry, baby, cry. I bet mm. you love this song. Oh, you know I do. Yeah, this 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 is a good song, a a, a John Lennon song. 
uh, written in India. I, I, I do know that. And I think it had something to do with his childhood. That's about the most I know about where it came from. Oh, here's a mm. quote. Here's a quote. I've got another one here. A few words. I think I got them from an advert advertisement, I guess. Cry, baby, cry. Make your mother buy. I've been playing it over on the piano. I've let it go now. It'll come back if I really want it. I do get up from the piano as if I have been in a trance. Uh, no, that's the heroin. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I know I've left a few th- let a few things slip away, which I could have caught if if I'd been wanting something. That is such a John quote. Like he doesn't even really tell you anything right there, right? It just rambles. It's it is. It's so rambling. But yeah, you know, it's. I guess it is kind of like a little nursery rhyme type kind of thing, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I've. I mean, except for it's like you know, it's kind of got that that the the chords that are like kind of descending down, sort of makes it kind of dark. But and, it, and it's almost and it's, like some of, some of the verses he gets really quiet when he sings. Yeah, <laughs> but, then, but then you think he's going to build up to something. He doesn't really get much louder, but it's such a difference in from the verse to the chorus that is a build up. I this has always been a standout song from the very first time I listened to the album. I've always loved this song. What I think about songs like this that John did, it's it's almost like he just tossed it off, but then somehow it's still great. I know. Uh, it's like, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's just like, that's the best way I can say it. Like he just, ah, let's just do it. It's kind of like disappointing. Okay. Then you make a great point. And this is what frustrates me about John. It's like, man, if you gave a shit, if you gave anywhere close, you cared as much anywhere close as cared as much about the band as Paul did during this time. My God, it, it would be, there would just be, I mean, there's already some incredible songs and maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe what's great about what John did is that he just tossed his shit out, but it ended up being great. But sometimes you just, it makes me wonder. It's like, man, John, if you really worked hard and cared enough and, and just put in the time, what you could have been, but maybe that's the brilliance of John Lennon. Maybe, Maybe what made him great, what his songs are great, is that they're just off the cuff. They're just what his stream of consciousness th- thoughts are, and he just puts it down, and he puts a great great music behind it, and that's what makes it – that's John's music. Yeah. And it can't get any better than that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of those. Okay. And I'll let you go next. To talk about what? Revolution 9? <laughs> what the hell is this? It is eight minutes that I always want to get back. You know, so I'm going to tell you something. We're almost to the end of the episode. Number nine, number nine, number nine. Uh, <laughs> I, so I come out at the gates at the last episode, loving this album. I love the white album. But then by the time I get to the end of this two or side four, I'm like, I'm kind of tired of the white album. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I definitely think the second disc, and we are on the Revolution Nines, next to last song. Uh, it's not a song. It's 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 an experimental it's noise. instrumental <laughs> noise jam thing. Uh, you know, it's some Yoko Ono stuff. It's it's trying to be 
See, what's funny is here's the thing. We just talked about cry, baby cry. Yeah. Just completely toss that one off. Great song. Yeah. This was like something that, you know, him and Yoko absolutely poured themselves into. And even Paul did some reverse tape loops on this too. Oh yeah. There's all, yeah. I mean, I'll say, you know, they, they, um, well the whole album, but even, but you know, this song in particular, they're inventing things and they're like, you know, literally revolutionizing recording of music. And while this one isn't really a song or music per se, I guess it has its place. It, it, it does not fit anywhere at all on this album whatsoever. I, I, you know, I don't know a ton about the story of it. It's just, it's something I don't, I, I, I don't pay that much attention to because I don't care for it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, what's interesting about this though. Okay. So number nine, number can you th- nine, <laughs> can you think number of I'm just going to, I'm just going to say number nine while you're talking. <laughs> And then throw in some soccer uh, <laughs> clips from soccer games in there while you're at it, and, and old British TV shows. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just is weird. It's like it's like the scene from The Wall or something where he's just watching TV and he's in some weird depressed drug state and he's just flipping the channels. And this is what he. This is probably the sounds that come out of the TV. It's, but. But okay, maybe the wall is one example of where where th- this song influenced what they put on that album. But I can't think of many other albums or artists that use this this type of just kind of ambient stuff. Right. But then I, I thought I just had this thought. I'm like, you know, wow, how much I love Radiohead and how much. Like a kid, a seems to be that album seems to be very influenced in the spirit of Revolution Nine, where they're just doing a lot of experimental things. Now it's more rhythmic in what they were doing, but this had to be an influence on top music, a type of music like that. And I definitely think the Wall, Pink Floyd, was influenced by this in in recording later on with the Wall, and maybe some earlier things before that. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's just experimental in recording. Yeah, and that that's groundbreaking enough, I suppose. Right, and of course, it helped further the Paul is dead thing, right? You you know this story, you, right? You play yeah. it backwards, and the number nine thing is turn turn me on, dead man. Plus, you've got the car crash with the explosion, you know, because that's how Paul died. Yes. So this was just we're more, talking about like it's a fiction. It's it, it's yeah. true, man. <laughs> just more fodder uh, for for that whole thing. <laughs> uh, I've not gone down that rabbit hole in so long. I just want to go back and read all that stuff because it's so interesting even though it's not true that was my early 20s and light beer rich <laughs> you're drinking a keystone light uh, forward going going down the uh the early internet yeah. looking for paul is dead hell box. i was probably on dial up i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right, so Ringo finishes it out for us, right? Yes. But I think John wrote this. He wrote it, yeah. It's but he but, Ring, Ringo sings this one. Okay, I'm gonna get all sentimental on you, Rich. So good night. 
I sang the song to both my kids when they were babies. Oh, that's night. awesome! It, that's I mean, it, that's it's it's, it's such a, a perfect song. Great song that. for that. Yeah, uh, you know, we give we give Ringo a lot of love more more love than a lot of uh, Beatles podcasts do. And I'll give him some here. Never, never going to be a great singer, but this is just, it's, it's perfectly Ringo. I'll just say that. It is. Uh, it is. It's very sweet. Uh, it's, it's a nice ending to the album. I think, especially <laughs> as this album just kind of goes on and on and on. And you start getting into more and more songs that, just don't hit you the way the earlier songs are. Nah, man, I, I think that's a cool story. I, I wish I'd have thought to sing that to my kids when they were going to bed and stuff. That's because it's perfect for that. Yeah, it. I mean, I'm not. I'm trying not to get too too sentimental, but it really does take me back to just when they were babies, and my son especially trying to get him to sleep was a flip it challenge man so I, i'd do anything i could to get that kid to sleep so yeah i'd, I'd sing the whole song yeah. and probably have to sing it to him again well john wrote it i'm sure he wrote it for julian i don't I think know he that did. for sure i think he did oh okay I, you would think i mean it's a lullaby and and I, I i love that he let had ringo sing it i don't yeah. know that it would be as sweet and powerful as it is if john had sang it it wouldn't because john doesn't do sweet he doesn't but <laughs> but paul always talked about uh i think paul i think i read you know something where paul was talking about that he felt lucky or fortunate that um he got to see that side of john every once in a while because he, he said it was really special when john would would write something like this because it's the John that it's really the John he knew. I mean, it, it, that's all, all of this encompasses John who he is, Yeah. but it's a side of John that he didn't let a lot of people in on. And Paul talked about how fortunate he was th- to see. That. I, I think I found a quote kind of in that vein, maybe the one you're thinking of Paul said, I think John felt it might not be good for his image for him yeah. to sing it, but it was fabulous to hear him do it. He sang it great. We heard him sing it in order to teach it to Ringo, and he sang it very tenderly. John rarely showed his tender side, but my key memories of John are when he was tender. That's, mm. uh, that's what has remained with me, those moments where he showed himself to be a very generous, loving person. Uh, I always cite that song as an example of John beneath the surface that we only saw occasionally. I don't think John's version was ever recorded. Yeah, that was in the Barry Miles book. I've read yes. that book, yeah. Yes, that's where I read that. Yeah. So, and and that's and then a great maybe a great tragedy about John is that he he started out he he was being the tough leader of the band, and he felt like he never could show that side, or he was afraid to show that side. Yeah. Um, but it, it ended up being one of his best sides. And he found that side of himself more the last five or so years that he was alive. He and did. Was, and was really, um, you know, it's just the tragedy of his death and, and the way it happened and, and just taken so soon. Uh, the, the, the real tragedy. He got tragedy. another low him before he died. Um, beautiful boy. Yes. I, I, I love that song. Yep. 
Yeah, that's one of the other than other than being murdered. The other great tragedy there is he was really starting to become who he wanted to be, I think. And yeah, um, that's all any of us want. Right. We just we spend all of our lives and, you know, we're. I'm way older than he was when he died. You're the same age now. I am. I know I'm still, and I know you, you would agree. I'm still climbing that ladder to become the person that, that I'm going to be. And it's just, it is just a super tragedy that he was um, making headway there and then was just ripped from, from everyone, from his family and all of us. Mm. And Oh God, what a downer to, finish this up with, but, but it, but it goes along with this, this, this song that he wrote that, that Ringo sang that, you know, he could, he, even when, you know, in 68, when he was still a pretty rough dude, you know, to come up with something like this, but yeah, written for, I just saw written for Julian. And then of course, beautiful boy was written for Sean. Yeah. Not nice ending to this, uh, this album. Um, so we're not completely done. So I know we talked about this the last time. Kind of right now, you put this as your favorite, right? Or have you now, now that you've dug into it so deeply, has it like worn on you to the point of it's it's dropped in your eyes? Yeah, I made the comment once you get to the second disc or side three and four that it starts like, uh, you know, I don't, cause size one and two are so strong. Right. And there's some strength. There's some strong tracks that we just talked about on three and four, you know, uh, I, if you took an average of my feelings, Rich over time, <laughs> yeah. this would probably still be number one, but I'm going to tell you that an album that we are yet to talk about, I, I listened to during my run this morning uh, and it reminded me how much I love it. And it's, it's, there's only, there's only two choices. So yeah. It, and it could be either one because they're, they're both pretty great. It could, it could be, um, you yeah. know, one of them, one of them, most, you know, a lot of even Beatles fans, it's not, it's not really even in their, some of them put early albums ahead of it. I'm not going to give away spoilers, mm. but I will say the white album for me is okay. So we've, we've, uh, we've covered rubber soul revolver and pepper so pepper. far. All three of them are ahead of this one for me. Okay. And at least one of the next two to come up are ahead of this one and maybe the other one. Wow. So this so may it's not even in your top five. So this will most likely when we finish this run of six albums, this will probably be the one on the bottom for me. All right. However, even being number six in a Beatles list, it's it's still a great album. I can't say that. I, I can't say it's gonna be that low for me, but maybe we should. So are we going to talk about what we're going to do next podcast? Yeah, we can go ahead. We can go ahead and talk about that. So we have trudged through 30 songs, right? Yes. We trudged <laughs> through the muck and mire. Some that are just sort of interludes, some that are just experimental noise, some that are blues, some that are 
proto heavy metal. We are going to put together a single disc of the White Album. It'll be like our cut. The audio biography White Album cut. 12 tracks. 12 tracks, draft format. Yeah. I'm going to let you have the first pick too. Oh. And we'll each pick six songs to put on our um, our White Album that it'll... It, should end up the 12 songs that we absolutely would not be able to do without from this album. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. I'm just curious. I know if I was doing it by myself, I might have a hard time getting to 12. Okay. I I know when, when we talked about this last episode, I started like, I I got 12 pretty quick. So this will be interesting to talk through. I'm counting right now. I'm at six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, it's slowing down. That and that's the first episode. The the first two sides. Nine. Ten. Yeah, I don't think I can get to twelve. Oh God. <laughs> ten. We might be throwing uh, honey right, pie right. on the at the end of this album. Yeah. Well, no, you're you're going to have you would have more than twelve. So I I think. All right. Yeah. All no, right. we're okay. No, I can get to twelve. Okay. I can get to twelve by myself. That's it. That's one more would be a complete and utter stretch for me. So, so maybe I we should make 12. it ten. No. No. Well, okay. All right. I think we'll 12, twelve will be. I think twelve will be good. Yeah, that's going to that's going to be fun. And I think we should also both before we start uh go th- go through and anticipate the other person's six and try to <laughs> try to put the 12 together and then after after we do it, we'll we'll see if we if we pick the other person's if we got the same 12 as as what we predict. Okay. That could I, be fun. I like that. I like that. Let's do that. You know, and maybe at the end of uh, when we do um, Abbey Road, which will be the last one of the Beatles albums, I think maybe real quick, do a quick ranking. Maybe yes. you've already alluded. This is six. Yeah. Yes. I think, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do a ranking. We may do that as an episode too. Yeah. Like a quick little, quick little episode and yeah. And try and maybe even try to guess the other person's rankings. I'm actually more intrigued by that than (laughs) because because, I mean, I I can't argue with it really. I I, I don't know. And you know, at the end, at the end of the day, I don't know why the white album, it just, it just, it just, it resonates something in me. Well, you uh, said it was pretty much the first one you really dove into, I right? I think so, yeah. That always yeah. makes a difference. That always yeah. makes a difference. It it just it just it just carved it just it just created a place in me and it just kind of set up permanent residence. Um and so but and it, and, and but I can truly respect the point of view that you have that other albums have surpassed that and I love it. It, it. This is the Beatles. We're, we're talking many, many years afterwards, and we're still debating oh, yeah. on which albums are the best. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, this is a 52-year-old record now. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, this came out four years before I was born. Incredible, man. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. And, um, you know, so many of these songs just completely hold up even, even now, like, like literally Helter Skelter sounds like something that could have come out in just about any decade, mm-hmm. um, from the sixties on up and well covered, right? I mean, lots of people have covered Helter Skelter yeah. and, and, and even when you two covered it, they, they, it was a pretty much one for one kind of, kind of deal. It, it wasn't like they were putting, putting the U2 spin on it. They were just playing no. it the way it was. And it was, it was great in 1988. Really well Rattle yeah. was 88. That's right. Yeah. 20 years later. I mean, they're covering it and it's already been 20 years in 88. Um, and it held up. I mean, God, it's a really good version. I wore that record out. Uh, you know, it, it was right on the heels of Joshua tree. And then as soon as I heard Helter Skelter, I was really, really, I was really hooked. Um, um, one, one of the better cuts on that record, honestly, yeah, it is, it is. I mean, there's some um, decent we'll have songs to talk about you too soon. We definitely will, but no, they, they, they did a very, a, a very good version of this song. And like I said, 20 years later, it held up. And it still does. It's punk rock, man. It's breaking the rules. Um, Good stuff. Man. Anything that breaks the rules, right, uh, is is always going to be broke all the rules, man. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and and wrote a lot of rules by doing that for for the future. So, so next up will be our little white album draft. Then we're going to go to Let It Be because we're going to do these in the order of recording not release and then we're going to finish up with abbey road which i think is a way better way to finish it up than going with this you know the 1970 release of let it be yeah no Um, i'm glad that we're doing it that way yeah chronologically is the best way uh abbey road was the final album um don't care when they were released it was the it was the final album and i I don't want to talk about how they came together for come to, come together, right? How they came together for Abbey Road, and it was such a positive thing, and then go to let it be and talk about, you know, stuff that that's happened before. How, that, right. Yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah. how it happened. It, it has to be in chronological order. Not not giving anything away, y'all. You all know that if you're listening and you like the Beatles and know the Beatles, you you know that those last couple of years were horrid. So produced some great music. Oh yeah. Well, you know, grace under pressure, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Good rush album. (laughs) (laughs) We're just plugging all kinds of bands here at the end. I I could geek out about it. Just about anything music. All right. I, I'm going to, I've got something I'm going to end with that you don't know about yet. And I am in the process of getting a actual theme song for our podcast. Your what? Written and created by none other than Andrew Scotchy. You're kidding me, man. Yeah, he he just uh, started a job with uh, like a a radio station and like a jingles 
kind of deal. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook. I saw where he started a new job with the radio station. Yes. And so he's going to be helping with bumper music and stuff like that. And so he had posted something about, Hey, if anybody out there needs jingles or whatever, I was like, I'll be talking to you about uh, an actual theme, like a permanent theme for the podcast. I saw that comment, but it didn't register with me. So that's what you were talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. I love so it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get with him and uh, hopefully he'll give me the friend deal. Listen, listen. <laughs> can I just put in a, a word a recommendation? Remember Wayne's World? Yeah. <laughs> just I don't want it to be the cheesy version of the <laughs> uh, of the one the corporate version that they had of the <laughs> intro. <laughs> Party time! Excellent. <laughs> I think I'm just going to tell him, um, just make it funky. That's, and whatever he comes up I with, need, I know will I be need, great. Any way you can make me look cool, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I right. It's, it's, it's really hard. So anyway, hopefully that that's coming in the next few months. Um, awesome. Yep. So I don't think I have any more news. That's, that's about pretty it. exciting. Yeah. All right, y'all. So we're going to get out of here. Um, look us up on Facebook. Come talk to us. Uh, let us know how you're doing. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them that it's everywhere that they... Uh, we thought that we were off of Spotify, but we're actually not. There's just a couple of episodes that got knocked off of there. Probably because we were playing the Beatles music. I think it might have been a couple of episodes where I used it for an intro. And so it was loud enough for them to hear it. Oh. Actually, I think it's just one. I think it's the Rubber Soul episode that's not there. But we are still on Spotify, Apple Music, all those things. And, um, <clears throat> of course, you can always click our link on Facebook. So, until next time, um, peace and love. Peace and love.